Good morning, everybody. So uh, I was going to do a case, uh, medical minute, based on a case we had another couple nights ago. So uh, it was an EMS patient. Uh, they called for a three-year-old that uh, they thought had a possible airway farm body. So the story over the biophone was kid was choking on something, started having lots of elevation, maybe some respiratory distress, and they were coming in. So we were concerned about a airway obstruction, so we started getting things ready. Um, and uh, it was kind of a good just preparation case because we don't often go through kind of the process, the algorithm, what we'll do for an airway farm body, especially in a kid. Some of the you know respiratory therapists weren't sure where some of the equipment was, so it was good to go over, and uh, that's what I was going to talk about. Fortunately, uh, this patient actually came in looking fine and probably had ingested a farm body um, and was actually doing fine in terms of his airway, And uh, but so to talk about airway farm bodies, you know, we do talk a lot about ingestions. People swallow things all the time, and sometimes they're spitting up their saliva, and you know they can't swallow. But that is, you know, less of an acute issue when you have something stuck in your esophagus than obviously when you have something stuck in your trachea. So it's good, like very off the bat, to differentiate whether we have something an airway foreign body or a GI foreign body. So sometimes it can be hard to tell, but we think about airway foreign bodies usually associated with more of like a respiratory choking, not like you know I can't swallow, but you know someone who's choking, especially a kid, and then they're having difficulty breathing or other airway symptoms. Um, you know anybody can get an airway foreign body. Obviously, adults choke as well and get airway foreign bodies, but it's more common in kids usually under the age of three, you know, one or two year olds are the most common ones. And then the things that people choke on is usually food. It can be, you know, farm bodies that are, you know, toys, uh, but the most dangerous and most common ones are foods. And it's usually someone, a kid eating something that's inappropriate, like a grape, um, a hot dog, something they don't chew very well. And then they are running around playing trip or some, some other reason they actually choke on the farm body and things that are round and smooth uh, cause the biggest problems. That's, you know, grapes, hot dogs. Another classic one that causes problems is balloons. Those are things that can really occlude your trachea. So, you know, that's the kind of demographics. And then the presentation usually is uh, a history of choking, but not always. Sometimes parents don't see the kid choking and then they just see the kid having a real hard time breathing. Uh, you, you sometimes we'll hear strider, respiratory distress, sometimes wheezing, sometimes lots of coughing. You can see retractions, a lot of increased work of breathing. So if we see that, we should think about airway foreign bodies. And then once we suspect an airway foreign body, we have somebody who's kind of sick like that, we need to think about whether it's a complete obstruction or maybe an incomplete obstruction. So if it's, you know, a complete obstruction and the person is basically about to die, it's one pathway that we'll talk about in a sec. If it's somebody who's awake and in distress, uh, we want to kind of make them comfortable, kind of take them very seriously. But the classic teaching is if the person's, you know, breathing and awake, for now, the best thing to do is potentially to leave them alone. Because if you start intervening, trying to mess around with them, you can turn an incomplete obstruction into a complete obstruction and basically kill them. So if we think somebody has an airway obstruction, we want to kind of, like I said, observe them and get them quickly to the ORs, the classic teaching where anesthesia and PEDS ENT can do a controlled removal of a farm body, um, get the airway farm body out and stabilize them. 
that's you know ideal circumstances if they decompensate in front of us or essentially are unconscious and not breathing obviously we have to do something about that so the first step is just bls measures and for under one year old the treatment is five back blows followed by chest thrusts or chest compressions and that can usually get the airway foreign body out if they're above one year old then the heimlich or abdominal thrust is the recommendation ideally just doing either chest thrust back thrust abdominal thrust will get the foreign body out and you can then you know they're breathing on their own they cough it out um, and that's ideal if that doesn't resolve and they're still you know not breathing or in severe distress unconscious then we have to proceed to other interventions the first thing that we would do would be try to remove it with laryngoscopy so basically like we're going to intubate them and removing the foreign body. So we need McGill forceps. That's something that we need to have um, to be able to remove the foreign body. Sometimes it's not as easy. Sometimes it can either be lodged at the trachea and we can't get it out or even worse, it can be below the vocal cords. So there's no way for us to see it and remove it. These are kind of the rare horrifying situations where you've got someone who you can't ventilate because they have a complete obstruction. You can't intubate them because there's something blocking their airway. So at this point, we have kind of a couple options. Uh, you can set up for a needle transtracheal ventilation. And we actually have a setup for this in the difficult airway cart. And basically, it's a large gauge, like a 14 gauge IV catheter that gets put into the trachea as if you're going to put an IV in the trachea. So you put the needle and then put the catheter, the plastic catheter, you leave that in, take out the needle. And there's a setup that's called a jet ventilation, where you basically push in air very quickly and you get oxygen into the lungs. And that's a temporizing measure, you know, can maybe get some on oxygen for a couple of minutes till, you know, you can get the person to the OR to remove their foreign body. Uh, the problem is you cannot crike a kid under the age of eight. They basically don't have a cricothyroid membrane. There's nothing big enough to crike them. So you can't just say, well, we'll just do a surgical airway. So that's one option. Another option is actually to try and pass or like use an endotracheal tube to push the foreign body down into the right main stem bronchus and then back the endotracheal tube out and ventilate the left lung until they can get to the OR and have a bronchoscopy to remove the foreign body out of the main stem bronchus. So, you know, basically the idea is that if you have someone who comes in and they're breathing, even though if they have strider, we leave them alone. We call the OR, get anesthesia or PZNT or PEDS pulmonology to take them to the OR to remove it under controlled setting. If we tried to, you know, RSI them and then remove the foreign body, they can decompensate, lose their airway, and then we cannot intubate them. If they cannot breathe, if they are unconscious, then we have to intervene. Initially, it's you know chest compressions, back blows, and then more aggressive measures. Unfortunately, these cases sometimes can be um, people who turn into anoxic brain injury. They can you know die from something simple like just choking on some food. So you know sometimes we don't have a lot of time to act. We should have these kind of ideas in our heads of what we need to do. And most of the times people do fine, but rarely this can be a very scary situation that we should be generally prepared for. Any questions, comments?